Christmas, and welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and today we're talking Wonder Woman 84. Uh, you know, we talked Sam Jackson all week. It was his birthday. It was awesome. It was great. More power. Uh, it's really, I thought this was going to be the first week that I cursed a lot on the show because of Sam Jackson. Um, but no, but it might be because of Wonder Woman. That's right. We're going to look at the brand new Wonder Woman 1984 and what I thought about it in my views. It's available to stream on the HBO Max app right now and available in theaters, um, mostly nationwide, if you have theaters open where you are. I watched it on HBO Max and a, a few things. Uh, let's start. Let's start with that, though. The theater versus home experience. When I watch a movie at home, I I enjoy it. Um, I do have a few more drinks, so there are a few more pauses to go to the restroom and stuff. My setup is pretty nice. I have a 6-inch TV mounted on the fireplace. I have Philips Hue Play lights that project color uh, all throughout the living room. really gives a big immersive experience, like good sound quality. Uh, movies are fun at my house. I'm a movie guy. So, movies are a whole lot of fun, usually. Uh, this movie is very colorful, so it worked well with the lights. It was really cool. I'll be watching it again. Um, but in a theater, you know, when you're there Thursday night, is typically when I go Thursday afternoon, that 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock showing, whatever the first one is, go to the theater, you're there with people. There's that excitement, that electricity in the air, uh, everybody's, you know, talking about, oh, hey, you know, what, what do you think is going to happen to this movie? I'm excited to see it. The, the opening night jitters. It's a feeling that no matter what, you can't recreate. You know, you're on a 40-foot screen, you're sitting there intently watching, wanting the next thing to happen, and just being part of the movie, really being immersed. Um, that's part of the reason I got the lights, is for more immersion at home. Because... You know, movie theaters aren't weren't open most of the year uh, here where I am. That, I think that affects this movie a lot. Um, I think if I would have got to see it in theaters with people and the hype. Now, I could have gone and saw it at the movie. Movie would have been, you know, like 40% capacity. Um, it, it just would have been different. I also, and this is completely off topic. I love assigned seating except opening night. I, I miss waiting in line and getting there early and fighting for the good seats and everything that you just don't have with the sign seating. But I also like picking where I sit, too. So it's, you know, uh, catch-22. Um, watching it at home and being able to pause it and really think about it in real time. Because, you know, normally a movie, you go through, you're just, everything happens and you get out and you're just blown away. And you're like, okay, whoa, what what just happened? But this one, you know, I think I paused like three times um, throughout the film. Four times maybe. Because it's long. It's two and a half hours long. You know, to get up, grab another drink, use the bathroom, whatever. And I got to, you know, oh wait, that scene that just happened, that was kind of weird that this happened. So, I I will admit I am more critical of this film than I would have been if I saw it in theaters. And so that's what it what it is, you know. I just 
part of what happens. Now, I do want to talk about some of the good things of this film. Uh, the best thing in this movie is Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. She is amazing. Absolutely amazing in, in this role. Um, she, she's wonderful. I, a lot of my friends and family, they're like, oh, I never thought she'd be that good. Comedians do great as villains. I mean, look at Smallville. Michael Rosenbaum, he's a comedian, but he's one of the best Lex Luthers we've ever seen. So it's, it's really, really great. We are going to talk some spoilers. Um, if you didn't know she was Cheetah, I don't see how. But, yeah, she's Cheetah. So, she she does amazing. The other villain is Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. And while this is a different Maxwell Lord than we've seen in the comics, I mean, kind of, he he's awesome. The villains in this movie are worth the price of admission. It's worth an HBO Max subscription or a ticket and some popcorn. What, however you choose to see it, it's worth it. And it's uh, the, these two, I think they carry the movie. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Chris Pine is back, which got spoiled in the trailers. And I think it would have been cooler if we hadn't known that he was coming back. Because I got excited about him being back. I was like, oh, okay, I love Chris Pine. Dude deserves something. He needs to be Hal Jordan. Not Steve Trevor. But that to, that ship has sailed. Um, I don't think he serves a purpose in this film, personally. So the plot of this film is that there's this magic stone that grants people's wishes, uh, whatever you wish for, and Maxwell Lord wants to use it to be rich and famous. Cheetah wants it to be as cool as Diana and as powerful and everything. And Wonder Woman uses it to bring Steve Trevor back. That That's literally what happens. And he inhabits some other dude's body and things. Um, it's it's kind of weird. The explanation is pretty pretty flimsy. But he he's there so we can do like a 80s montage of him trying on different outfits and making 40-year-old political jokes uh or not political jokes but 40-year-old satirical jokes about oh who wears pirate outfits who wears a fanny pack oh da 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 fanny packs are cool one of my friends uh one of the guys over at Pop Culture Elevator talked about how he felt Chris Pine served as the humanity of the film and I thought about that. If that was his purpose in the first film. So if he's having to be humanity again, that means he didn't have a purpose in the first film. So, you know, kind of redundant here uh, as, as far as I think. And then, of course, you have Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Now, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, I love Linda Carter, and we'll get to talk about her later. But Gal Gadot is perfectly cast as Wonder Woman. But in this film, being up against Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal, she's not quite as good as they are. Uh, but she's still, you know, she's still Wonder Woman, and it it's okay. It is okay. That's about as nice as I can say it. Uh, the The film starts with an opening scene of young Diana training, like she's like fifteen. Or probably younger, maybe. Uh, and she's training with the grown Amazons in this race slash contest thing. 
And she kind of cheats. She takes a shortcut. And so she doesn't win. Uh, and it's that sets up the whole, oh, you know, the truth is in you. The truth is what's most important. The truth is what comes out. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, now, there are some pacing issues with this movie. Like I said, two and a half hours long is about 30, 45 minutes longer than it should be. But, no. Whatever. Uh, movies, superhero movies especially, are getting longer. Um, really, Endgame and Infinity War are the only movies that can justify that length of time because, you know, it's 10 years of storytelling. But, it, it's okay. So, the movie opens with this fight scene in a mall. And Wonder Woman, the way she's moving is... It's hard to describe. It's like bad special effects. She's real stiff in her air movements and not fluid and graceful like I feel like she was in the first one. Um, really off-putting enough that like even my wife was like, hey, that she's moving weird. And I don't know, you know, they, they've come out and said, Patty Jenkins, the director, came out and said that she wanted to shoot it like an 80s movie. I guess she used, like, 80s computers for some of the special effects. I don't know. It just is weird. And lots of plot holes that I had problems with. There's one scene where we get, we finally get the Invisible Jet, but Diana and Steve are, are, are trying to travel in this jet, which apparently Steve knows how to fly modern jets. Okay, whatever. Ah. But she's like, oh, yeah, one time I... She's like, I trained in magic, and I made a coffee cup turn invisible, and then I never found it. And she sits there, and boom, turns the jet invisible. We've never heard anything about her doing magic. If they would have put that scene, I mean, what's 30 more seconds in this two-and-a-half-hour-long movie? Put that scene in, and we're like, oh, okay, she can do magic. Or have her do something else later on in the film that's magic. She doesn't do it. It just... It, Boom, one and done and gone. And from a storytelling spot, I'm, I am I had a huge problem with it. I think that was kind of the... Okay. Uh, and then there's just other other things. The ending, I felt like, was very copy-paste from the first one. Because, you know, the first one was like compassion wins and the heart wins. Which, Diana seems very much like a, a smitten kitten. A star, you know, she's love-struck fool... And Mrs. Steve. Um, I would have liked to seen her be a little more independent. Uh, you know, like, it makes... I guess it kind of makes sense in the first movie. But at this point, it's been, what, 30, 40 years. He's been gone. Uh, look at Cap. Cap moved on, kind of, but then traveled back in time. I don't know. So, there's, there's things, you know. Uh, just bothered me. I wanted her to be a little more self-sufficient, I guess, and not depend on him for all of her humanity and emotions. You know, I would have hoped in that time she learned something. But, you know, the first movie, Compassion Wins. In this one, it's love and truth and everything win, and people renounce their wishes, and that beats the thing. Oh, another thing. When the stone... So, Max Lord, his wish is to become the stone, and by doing that, he grants other people's wishes and takes what's valuable for them, making him rich and powerful. 
And when she sees the remnants of the stone, like in the ring, it's like a Lord of the Rings moment. She's like, oh, that's the writing of the gods. And that's about all we get about the ancient gods. You know, nothing about anything else about them. It's kind of weird. But in the end, Max realizes he loves his son that he's been neglecting. And so he renounces his wish to save his son. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about Wonder Woman and the Hulk, I, I will say this, you know, just to show like Marvel, with both these characters, we want to see them hit things. And the Wonder Woman Cheetah fight, for the most part, is pretty sweet. Um, but the thing about Hulk and Wonder Woman is their battles aren't aren't always. Even though yes, Wonder Woman is an Amazon, uh, you know, warrior princess type person. She is part of the heart of DC, you know, and so her battles tend to be a lot more um, metaphorical and things. And it works great in the comics, not so much on on film. Same like with the Hulk is, you know, the real Hulk stories are about him, about the Hulk and Bruce Banner fighting, not fighting giant Hulk dogs or whatever. So it's it's a fine line, um, and it would have been okay except they've already done it. So oh, change it up. Also, Simon Stagg is in this film. The guy who's like responsible for Metamorpho and a whole bunch of other stuff in DC Comics. I love an Easter egg as much as the next guy, but I feel like you could put anybody else, like a lower level person, make it more obscure and a better Easter egg, and save Simon for some Green Lantern stuff, some Metamorpho stuff, I mean, all the other things that he's done. So, I don't know. It. I don't, I don't know. Oh! Linda Carter. We'll wrap up with, with talking about Linda Carter. So, in our mid-credit movie, uh, mid-credit scene, we get to see Linda Carter as Asteria, who had been hyped up as the one who wielded the golden armor to save the Amazons and save the mascara. And she is walking through this town and, like, catches this beam and saves some people. Again, I love a cameo, especially like like that, like somebody who's played them before. Especially Linda Carter, you know, was Wonder the only live action Wonder Woman for for so long, so that's cool. But are you setting something up? What are you doing? I I don't know. My my pitch, if Warner Brothers is listening, is because Linda Carter right now is seventy. Uh, so I don't know how much, like, action-y she can be in three or four years from now. You know, she'll be close to 75. I don't know. So you set it up to where she has a daughter and something, something, something. Linda Carter dies. And the daughter blames the Amazons for, you know, abandoning her in man's world. And so she sets out on a mission to destroy the Amazons. Her daughter is, like, Artemis. And so we get, then we can actually get like some good fights. Um, and even then you could still bring in the, the love and hope and truth because you can have a, another villain and that is like manipulating Artemis too. And so Artemis and Diana team up at the end, after they fight each other, they team up at the very end to take down the big, big bad. Perfect. I would, I would watch that movie. It would be, I'm down. Um, I think it'd be cool. I, I do think it's interesting 
as much as I've sit here and nitpicked on this movie, uh, and I, I did, my poor wife had to hear all about it. But she asked me, she said, okay, where does this rank in your DC movies? And that kind of took me back. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. And I thought about it and thought about it. And it's still in like my top half, you know. Um, it's above Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad. It's a, Man of Steel's at the bottom, in case you didn't know. So I... The movie's fun, cheesy. Is it forgivable? Maybe. We're going to watch it again. The kiddos want to watch it, so we're going to do a double feature with the first Wonder Woman and then this one over a couple of days. So, I don't know. I may come back and be like, okay, you know, now I've seen it back to back. I get it. Or seeing it the second time. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal, amazing. Amazing. They're worth watching it. Just just to see them. Uh, the rest of it... Eh, eh, I don't know. Let me think. What did you think about Wonder Woman 84? You can let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Everywhere. Uh, just look for The Night Nerd. Except on Twitch, where we are Night Nerd Podcast. Even on Patreon, we're The Night Nerd. Check us out over there. Email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Um... I'm still, I saw this movie a couple of days ago, and I'm still unboxing it and trying to figure it out. But I, I don't, it's not bad, but it's not good. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let me know. That's it for me this week. Thank you all so much for being understanding with electrical issues. Um, it's been a madhouse. I hope everyone had a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, everything like that. Kwanzaa's kicked off, everything. So be safe, and we will see you next time. Wonder Woman.